0: Razorback fans want to know why there's such a major drop-off between QB1 and QB2 under Kendall Browell's offense. So let's discuss it a little bit. We'll also get into some huge news for Razorback basketball once again and this series between Arkansas and Ole Miss, which is the best of all the games. We'll talk about that and a lot more coming up on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part Of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch you every weekday afternoon from one to four on 1037 the Buzz and 1037TheBuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, where they help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday, halfway point of the week. As uh, we're going to do a crossover episode tomorrow uh, with uh, Stephen Willis of Locked on Ole Miss. So, looking forward to that. And uh, also do a little preview where uh, Gus Arginal, Razorback basketball assistant coach, he's going to be joining us on the Friday podcast. So, we got pretty loaded next few days for you and with you. But I uh, I was thinking about where to start with this podcast because it seems like everybody just wants to talk about KJ Jefferson, Kendall Bryles, the offense, Lee Hornsby, Kate Forden, like that whole situation. Like you got, you just can't get enough of it. You want to continue to talk about, it, want to continue to get more on it too. Well, it's all going to come down to the health of KJ Jefferson this weekend. We do know that. In fact, uh, here's what Sam Pittman said on the latest situation with KJ Jefferson from his press conference when he met with the media on Monday. Practicing today, we anticipate
1: him playing on Saturday. Those things certainly change. They have over the last two weeks. But I know he feels better than he has uh, since the Auburn game. We'll have to see how he is at practice, to be perfectly honest with you. But I think he feels – well, I know he feels better than he has in the last two weeks. Given the – back-and-forth nature, I guess. The, the backup quarterback, or, you know, Caden and, and, and Malik, is it an open competition with those guys if, if KJ can't go? or? How do you, yeah, how do you I mean, it out? would be an open competition. I think, uh, obviously, you'd have to the, – the problem that we have a little bit, guys, is the unknowing of KJ in game planning, you know, especially. It was a little easier if Malik's the guy because there are some similar – Talent, you know, run uh, dual threat. Even though Cade Cade made some nice runs the other day uh, in the game, but um, you know, I think our team and and our staff and we we just want to know if he's going to be available or not. You know, if he's going to play, and I think our team needs him, uh, or we need to go the entire week and say he's not going to. You know, I think a lot of that will be said today. Uh, Cade and Malik will will battle for who who would play uh, in that second spot if K.J. uh, is not able to.
0: I still think K.J. ends up playing. I mean, I know that uh, there's a lot of things that need to happen, but I still think he ends up playing. But um, you got a big problem here (laughs) if if he can't go, if he's not healthy. Because even when he's been in the game and not been healthy, it's been a vast difference. And I tweeted this out uh, yesterday and and talking about – you know, what the difference is between KJ being in and KJ not being or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's pretty insane how close or how wild these stats are. When KJ Jefferson is healthy, because he wasn't healthy against Liberty, I'm talking about when he is healthy, the Razorbacks are averaging 37 points a game, nearly 37 points a game this year. When he's not healthy or not in the game, they're averaging 15 points a game. You're talking about a 22-point difference, a three-touchdown difference between when KJ Jefferson plays and when he doesn't play. And then to add to that, when he's healthy, Arkansas is averaging about 494 yards per game offensively. When he's not healthy, it's 383 yards. So you're talking about an a 100-yard difference between when he plays and when he's not. And... I think everyone knows how obvious it is that when KJ is not in the game, how much, you know, differences. But even if you took those stats and you were able to put them into the SEC right now and where they would rank it, when KJ Jefferson is healthy and giving those numbers, Arkansas would rank fourth in scoring in the SEC and thirds in yards per game if he's healthy. Now, wins and losses is the only thing that matters in the end. I get it. Uh, if it's, if it's, if that's the way that it's going to be when he's in the game and, you know, then they lose, that's, that's another thing. But at the end of the day, this is what it's going to be like with KJ and, and the, the extreme measures that need to be taken for him and with him to make sure that he's into the game, because there is no doubt that it is night and day difference when he's playing and when he's not, it's a night and day difference. And I think that when people start bringing up, okay, so what's the problem here? Why, why does why is there such a drop off? You know, why is KJ Jefferson that much, uh, you know, that important, that critical, that big part of the offense? Why is it so much about him? And whenever he can't play, it becomes an completely and totally inept offense. Why is that the case? Why is that? Why is that a thing? Well, I have some theories behind this. And, you know, some people will just bring it up and, and chalk it up to Kendall Bryles being terrible, not the good developer of quarterbacks, uh, you know, can't get guys ready for for, you know, whatever. And you know what? Maybe that's the case. Maybe there's an element of that. I don't know. I do not know. But I do believe, though, that in the case of having quality backup quarterbacks, in this day and age in college football, I think it's dad gum near impossible. Because the whole idea of quality, talented quarterbacks waiting in in the wings for their opportunity whenever the the starting quarterback ends up graduating, so they'll sit out for two or three years waiting their turn, just doesn't exist anymore. It's not a thing anymore. Now it's about, well, if I feel like I'm good enough to do something, I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to play for them they're going to give me the opportunity to do so. So I think getting high-quality backup quarterbacks is not as prevalent as what it once was because of the transfer portal and because nobody wants to wait on their turn. They just want to play immediately, which I understand. But you're not going to get the high-level guys to come in and just wait under the wings and develop and work on that too. But in the case of Malik Hornsby especially, who's been in the program for now three years, and you look at it and say, well, why isn't this guy better? What, what's his problem? What's been going on? And, you know, that's the ultimate question. I think that there's just some guys that can play and some guys that can't at the quarterback position. And I think that Malik Hornsby, for all intents and purposes, is just not, not really been able to, to pan out at the quarterback position. Some people will say, well, they moved him wide receiver. That may have hindered his developing. And, again, may, maybe there's an element to that too. But I think it goes a much more deeper than that. Like Malik Hornsby, for instance, after that Mississippi State game for a month, over a month, he was QB2, the bona fide quarterback, the number two quarterback. He got all the practice reps in the game leading up to LSU, and it just looked like a complete and total mess. The offense wasn't good. The blocking wasn't good. Nothing was good. And so I'm not just trying to blame it all on Malik Hornsby, but you could tell there was a vast difference between when you have a quarterback like KJ and when you have a quarterback like Malik. And so it's, it's got to be something to where an offensive coordinator has to be able to have plans in place and has to be able to, to go along with the strengths of what the backup quarterback is or ends up being due to the fact that there's going to be times where the starting quarterback can't go. We've seen it this year with Arkansas. We've seen it with different teams and different players a few times this year. But they've just been unable to make that move and to take that step. And because of that, I think you're seeing a lot of the results that you're seeing offensively. Now, you got a lot of time before anything else happens. I I still believe and hope that K.J. Jefferson comes back for another year. I still believe that if that's the case, then that Malik Hornsby may move on somewhere else because he wants to play, and he won't play as long as K.J. Jefferson is quarterback. Um, You know, Cade Ford, I guess, will move on. So Arkansas is going to have to go into the portal to get a quarterback, but they also have Malachi Singleton, a really, really good, highly touted high school quarterback coming in. Uh, he's like six two, I think, like two hundred and thirty five pounds, so a big able body quarterback. So maybe that'll be kind of the the next KJ Jefferson, if you will. But they're going to have to make some moves in this quarterback room. And I think that's one of the scariest things will be that if if KJ Jefferson leaves after this season, which again I think he'll come back. I think he should come back. But if he leaves after this season, buddy, this quarterback room is going to be in an interesting shape because you could be looking at a situation where all three of your quarterbacks leave. And then you have to go into the portal. You have to figure something out. Could be deadly. Could be nasty. Could be crazy. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. And hopefully, again, KJ comes back. Because if KJ comes back, it really provides a lot more confidence in next year's offense. But man, if he doesn't, um, you're going to be in a, you're going to be in a bad situation. But I believe that the quarterback drop off in the second string is a lot more than just a Kendall Briles problem, because at the end of the day, players got to play. Lee Hornsby's got to play. He's got to go out there and play. And I have a hard time believing that Kendall Bryles, who did such a good job with Felipe Franks, who did such a good job with KJ Jefferson, just can't do a good job with Lee Hornsby. I like, got I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Has it been perfect? I don't know. I'm not there behind the scenes. I don't, I don't, I'm not on the field. I'm not, I don't know. But Kendall Bryles has had a, a pretty good resume of, of quarterbacks just here at Arkansas that when they went out there and played, they played really well. Cause even back when Felipe Franks got hurt against Missouri, guess who came in and did an incredible job? KJ Jefferson. So it's not even like he, he doesn't have the backups prepared. Like KJ did great in that game against Missouri on the road. I think it's more of a personnel problem. I think it's a personnel problem. I think it's an injury problem. I think it's a confidence problem. I think it's just a culture. Whatever it is, it's a problem. So that's why it is so crucial and so pivotal for this weekend against Ole Miss for K.J. Jefferson to not only play, but be healthy enough to play, because I think if he does, it'll be a huge difference for Arkansas in this game as well. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help the right people find the right people for them faster and for free. You can add your job whenever you're looking to hire somebody by putting the purple hashtag hiring frame on the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs as the number one in delivering quality hires and leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the most qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, uh, moving on to the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, Huge, great, incredible news for the Razorback basketball team as they were able to not only get a commitment, but a signing of Bay Fall, who is a five-star big man, 6'10", 205 pounds, uh, he's he had a lot of different uh, offers, and uh, he was just a, a guy that uh, Arkansas was really hot and heavy on. He had uh, offers to Auburn, Seton Hall, Rutgers, and a few others, and, it, and it was he came to fifth uh, in a growing list of five star co- commitments that uh, Muss has had, and he is coming to Arkansas, and it's just it's wild because uh, you know Arkansas has been able to be on a run this this time of year where now under Musk, they have five. Five five stars that have signed with the Razorbacks since uh, must took or at least since must has been here for sure. But just in the past two years. And this is a guy who's the number one player in Colorado. He's the number three player uh, at the center position. And he's the number 14 national uh, player as well. So huge get for the Razorbacks, huge get for the Razorbacks. And he is calling them his home in Fayetteville. Now, I know we talked about it a little bit last week about Bayfall, I had been hearing that he's going to come to Arkansas uh, for a while now, and it's good that now you got his signature on the dotted line, so now there's no issues, there's no hiccups, there's nothing like that. But it just continues to show the type of program that Eric Musselman has built, where so many people, too, kept would always bring up, like, oh, he can't recruit high school kids, he has to go into the portal, that's all it takes. Well, now you can shut up, because he has literally signed five five-stars in two years. Five five-stars in two years. Okay. Mus is encompassing everything about the game of basketball and being successful in the game of basketball in this era where he is literally signing high school kids, getting big-time transfers, and on top of all those things, coaching them up, developing them, making them better, and being able to put in positions to be successful to where not only they have success as individuals, but the team has high-level success as well. That's insane. It's it's almost fun just to sit back and watch. Even though they haven't, this has nothing to do necessarily with anything on the court. Of signing these players, you, they will be on the court next year. But it's almost fun just to sit back and watch him in the off season mode, or just in his off the court antics, and marvel at like how he's doing this. I don't know. I don't care. But he's getting the best of the best out of this high school class, and when he adds in a mixture of transfers. This isn't just a a one-year deal or an ever-so-often deal. This right now is what you're seeing at Arkansas. This is a building block. This is a foundation. This is a program that is getting put together and worked to be the highly competitive program that it needs to be. And it's just so incredible to see. Like, it's finally getting to the point to where it needs to be. This is going to be something that continues on for a while. And who knows? Like, I started thinking about this today. That if Arkansas was able to win a national championship this year, which again, I know is a lot to ask, and I'm not saying that they will for sure. I think they're good enough and talented enough to at least be in the mix, but it's so difficult to do. But just like imagine if they ended up doing that. Like you're set for years, like, as they'll just keep kids, keep coming in, keep wanting to come to Arkansas, keep developing, you get guys drafted like Arkansas could legitimately get into a stratosphere of being one of the best programs in the country. Now, they have to come along with winning. They've gotten to the Elite Eight back-to-back years. It's been great. But it's incredible to talk to other SEC people and people who cover basketball, people at other uh, basketball schools that are you know all about college basketball and everything, and see the reactions to what Muss in Arkansas is doing, where it's kind of like, man, we don't like that. Because it's a scary thing that he's building over there. And I think that you're going to see the monster continue to grow at Arkansas. But huge gift with Bayfall. Hopefully it ends up uh, being a, a great season this year for Arkansas to where they can just continue to build on it next year. But man, oh man, Mus is getting the job done. Not bad for a guy that can't recruit high school players, am I right? BetOnline.net is your number one source for all the sport betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to eSports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And they're also the fastest and easiest way to get in on your sports betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more over at BetOnline, where the game starts. You are
1: locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, so uh, final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. We know that uh, uh, Arkansas is uh, going up against Ole Miss, and we know that that's a a big thing that uh, people are excited about the game. But it's amazing how this series has uh, has just been in in crazy ways. Like, I I just can't believe that the amount of games that – have gone to the wire that have had crazy finishes and everything. Like just over the past 10 years, like you think about it like 2014, Arkansas beats Ole Miss 30 to nothing at home. Uh, when they were number eight in the country, 2015 was a hundred Henry Eve. 2016 was uh, Santos Ramirez hitting uh, Chad Kelly ended up knocking the ball loose. Arkansas winning in Fayetteville. Uh 2017 was Arkansas's only sec victory. They went on the road with Cole Kelly and came from behind when they're down like 30, and ended up winning that game. 2018, Arkansas had a huge lead in Little Rock by like 30 points, and then they ended up losing that one. 2019, nothing too crazy happened. 2020, of course, Matt Corral comes in, Lane Kiffin, COVID year. He throws six interceptions in a single game. Insane. And also that uh, game last year where it was 52-51, to and Arkansas was a two-point conversion away from winning. So this game, this series, is just wild. It's insane, and I have a feeling that it's going to be the same way again in this one too still think 2015 is the best game of them all and it was kind of crazy to think about where Arkansas is actually or the last time that Ole Miss has won in Fayetteville was in 2008 now granted they played in Little Rock a few of those times but 2008 is the last time that Ole Miss has won in Fayetteville that's a long time and so I'm sure Sam Pittman and Arkansas is going to hope that that ends up uh, staying that way And so uh, we'll see how it plays out, too. And also, I just saw on Twitter, this is kind of just random, but I saw it uh, as a final nugget, a parting shot that uh, Sam Pittman just said on the SEC teleconference that uh, Warren Thompson has quit the team. Uh, Wide receiver Warren Thompson has quit the team. So don't have any any more details on that. Hate to see that. Just two games left in the season. Doesn't seem like uh, that's an ideal situation for anybody. But, uh, yeah, Warren Warren Thompson officially quit the team. And uh, they're going to be moving on from there.